From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, taxi, RV, camper, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, or your cabin in the woods. A special hello to those of you listening in on one of our affiliate stations, or to the podcast available at iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, TalkZone.com, uh, the Conspiracy Show app, the Zuma Radio app. Those listening and watching, watching the live stream on YouTube through our HOA, Hangout on Air. However, and wherever you're listening, I bid thee welcome. Uh, recently, I was uh, talking about changes underway in the province of Ontario to the way in which non-medical therapies are going to be regulated. Uh, this would include touch therapy, energy healing, Reiki, talk therapies, spiritual counseling, aromatherapy, reflexology, all of this. Uh, will be regulated by the College of Psychotherapists, and they will have enforcement powers. And some are arguing, some, uh, such as the people behind uh, an organization called Stop Psychotherapy Takeover, they're arguing that this will result in the banning of most alternative healing modalities, uh, first here in Ontario, and then this will spread across the country. Uh, well, two such practitioners uh, of alternative healing are in studio with me, Dr. Lana Marconi, and Dr. Sabina DeVita. Thank you, Richard. It's fabulous to be here. Thank you. It's delightful to be here with you. We're going to dial it back to 2015, the summer of 2015, and your first documentary, uh, Dr. Marconi, and that was The Wellness Story. Just give us a sense of, of what you were trying to accomplish with that film. Sure. Well, the film integrates the voices of 29 health experts, including the fabulous Dr. Sabina DeVita, who's with us in studio today. And really, it was driven by three factors. One, at my dismay at the outrageous rising disease statistics in Canada and worldwide. And two, I was doing my own health show, and I had the opportunity to interview numerous health experts in the field, and I thought, how wonderful. I'm learning so much information from these people, information I didn't even know, and how amazing would it be to stream their voices together in one documentary that could help people with the skills and knowledge to take control and health, to take control of their own health. And thirdly, um, doing a documentary allowed me to express myself artistically. So that's really what drove the documentary. And uh, Dr. DeVita, mm-hmm. you you wrote an interesting thesis um, when you That's were in, in university that had to do with brain allergies. That's I've correct. never heard that term before. What are brain allergies? Well, that's that's really a great question because it, it is an actually an allergy. It's a sensitivity or an intolerance as well that affects the brain and particularly any type of psychopathology in terms of states and feelings and emotions, uh, mental states. And it actually does make a change in terms of uh, mood swings, uh, even uh, any type of just really any type of mental condition. And that really can be set off by an environmental pollutant or contaminant or even an allergen to a food or a substance, drink, anything of that sort can actually literally spear off or, you know, create this type of reaction. Well, there, there are so many syndromes now. It, That's it correct. seems to me there is a syndrome for every behavior, uh, and uh, if there's a syndrome, they'll come up with a pill for it. Uh, so are you suggesting that, that things, mood disorders, for example, like uh, uh, depression, or even things like uh, attention deficit disorder, which is uh, this huge umbrella term uh, that just basically means, when I was a kid, it means you can't sit still, and that's perfectly normal. Uh, but 
Is that all a part of what you're talking about with these cerebral allergies? Correct. You're right on. That's absolutely what I'm talking about. And I'm actually one of the examples because I was experiencing it myself. I would eat certain foods, and all of a sudden I just felt like crying. And I thought, but I was happy before. I was smiling. What's what's going on with me? And what I realized as I discovered for myself that I was having a lot of these allergies, and particularly when I ate foods that had a lot of preservatives in them, or they had pesticides, herbicides, and the whole gamut of you know of the contaminants that we're exposed to today. It's even worse. And what I decided to do was to really research others, and what I discovered was horrific. Richard, what I discovered was that there are numbers of people, and you mentioned a couple of those conditions. Depression is is specifically one. I can tell you so many stories of different clients, even in my research, who would have mood disorders or mood swings just by inhaling something as a aftershave, you know, and then all of a sudden feel depressed. Was it or is it really depression or is it really a reaction? And what I delved into was exactly that. And the research is just filled with oodles of documents and and studies of that direct link. And that's the reason it's called brain allergies. And that term, by the way, came from Dr. Philpott, who is a psychiatrist. At the time when I was doing my research, he was well known in his discovery of what was taking place. This is now going back 25 years ago. What he discovered with, with what was happening with people who were being labeled with a psychiatric, you know, problem and in fact were actually having a reaction. Uh, I'd like to bring yes. up the idea of polypharmacy. <clears throat> Excuse me, Dr. Erica Robinson, a naturopathic in the Wellness Story documentary, um, she was saying that she sees people come in on multiple medications, two, five, ten, even twenty different medications. And she goes on to say in the documentary that you get symptoms and diseases as a result of being on too many pharmaceuticals, whereby they are all just interacting with each other. Plus, patients are given drugs to help the side effects of the other drugs which is obviously very, very absurd. But here's just a couple of quick facts for you. In terms of medication, the Journal of the American Medical Association has stated that prescription pills are the fourth leading cause of death in America and in Canada next to cancer, heart disease, and stroke. In Canada, prescription pills cause about 10,000 deaths a year. Another 10,000 deaths a year in Canada are thought to occur outside of hospitals due to the wrong drug, dosage errors, and adverse reaction. One out of four admissions to internal medicine in Canada and Canadian hospitals is related to prescription drugs, 70% of which are preventable. And Canadians spend more on prescription drugs, 24 billion, than on doctors, 18 billion. Wow. That's, uh, that's alarming to say the least. Uh, I think most of us are aware of these, uh, <laughs> these things, but nothing seems to change. You know, your film, the wellness story, and and again, you have 29, uh, is it safe to call them or fair to call them alternative health practitioners? Or do you have anyone from mainstream medicine in this film? I have a medical doctor, but he became a Zen Buddhist master. So he, he was actually a renowned um, surgeon in Toronto. He lives in Oakville. He's retired now. And... Um, he was struggling with different things in his own practice and his own life, so he turned to Eastern philosophy for that, which set him on the road to becoming a Zen Buddhist master, and he teaches people mindfulness meditation, and he really understands the concept that the mind and body are not separate, which is what Western medicine 
perceives that there's a duality, whereas in the Eastern philosophies, the mind and body are one. Your emotions, you know, affect your body and your body affects your emotions. So I do have him in that. The rest of the doctors are from alternative medicine, chiropractors, osteopaths, traditional Chinese medical doctors. And what's really interesting is you get different spins on different um, topics in terms of food, for example. So let me just talk about food for a minute because it, there's so many misconceptions out there about food. One of the chiropractors, Dr. Nancy Krennic, talks about, you know, the importance of creating an alkaline body because if your body is acidic, you're going to create the breeding ground for disease such as cancer. And she brings in what's called the China study where they looked at human consumption of meat and human health. And basically this guy, Dr. Campbell, found that when he gave rats 20% casein from dairy for 12 weeks, they showed signs of liver tumor growth. And when he gave rats only 5% of casein over 12 weeks, they had no cancer. Then over three weeks, he gave those rats 20% casein and they showed signs of cancer. And we gave those same rats 5% of casein, the tumor shrank. So he concluded that we can turn on and off cancer cells with the amount of animal protein. And he did find when he gave rats 20% plant protein from soybeans, the beans did not promote cancer. So... Animal protein, it's clear, creates cancer in the body if it's, if you're having too much of it. So that was an important point that was made in the documentary. And other healthcare practitioners go on to talk about the type of diet that's good for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, for example, from the Chinese medical perspective, they talk about grains are very important. Like rice is a huge staple in their diet. And if you're going to eat vegetables, it's better to eat them cooked because you'll create dampness in the body, which which affects your spleen and stomach chi, for example. But on the other hand... So he's not a raw food person. But I do have a raw foodie in the film, and she is actually a nurse that practices um, downtown Toronto in the hospital there, and she had stomach problems, and so she ended up learning about raw food diet, and that's what helped her. So you get all these various perspectives, but when you walk away from the film, you could you take a little bit of what each person is saying, because at the end of the day, Richard, everybody is biochemically a bit different, and certain diets are going to work for certain people. What about the idea mm-hmm. of matching your blood type to your diet? Mm-hmm. Do you subscribe to that? I do to some extent. I think that uh, Dr. Lana just pointed that out, that you know there are a lot of other variables, and we do need to look at those. Uh, there's also what we call body typing besides the blood type, and that also has an impact. And then there's the Ayurvedic system you know, with the three different uh, doshas and also the five element system, which is again in the meridian or the Chinese oriental system. So it's all a matter of what's going on. I also come back to the fact of what is the person's history like and the emotional history in particular. I do want to talk about that and and the connection between uh, consciousness and and health. We'll uh, do that when we come back on the other side. The Conspiracy Show, Dr. uh, Sabina DeVita and Dr. Lana Marconi, my guests. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. We are back with Dr. Sabina DeVita and Dr. Lana Marconi, and the documentary film is The Wellness Story. Where can people uh, view that? Uh, you can go on my website, drlana.com, and it's available digitally on uh, Vimeo to rent or to buy. drlana.com, L-A-N-A. Yeah, and it's D-R-L-A-N-A. D-R-L-A-N-A.com. All right. Uh, we were about to launch into a discussion about the connection. This is a huge topic, obviously, mm-hmm. but the connection between... Uh, consciousness and disease. Uh, is there hard, hard evidence 
uh, that there is a, that the disease, for example, begins in how we think, the, the mind-body connection. Oh, heart math. Oh, oh. you go ahead. Well, I was just going to, you know, quote from um, Martin Luther King, who actually said, and he said it so eloquently, that heavy thoughts bring on physical maladies. When the soul is oppressed, so is the body. Hmm. And I love that quote because it really, I think, combines or summarizes a lot of what's gone on for eons, really, in understanding, going back to the time of the Oriental system or practices, they understood that everything was interrelated and that as such, that what we are thinking does have that relationship with that particular area of our body and, our, of course, our emotional body as well. And where I'd like to go with this a little bit, uh, Richard, is in, the, is in the fact of a technology that actually was discovered back 20 years plus ago in Russia that was able to actually measure what's going on in one's energy field. And the energy field is the subtle body. It's basically a way to actually see what is going on with the thought patterns. And those thought patterns literally do impact the physical reality. So if someone is a very negative person, they're constantly whinging, complaining, everything that comes out of their mouth is uh, either um, a complaint or it could be a, a criticism, a negative person. Sometimes we refer to them as energy vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, is that person then uh, statistically more likely to be suffering from some disease like cancer? I can answer that. Please yeah. go ahead. Because I love heart math and the research that Absolutely. comes out of the research that comes out of heart math, which is in California. And basically one of their studies took participants and they trained these participants to feel negative emotions like anger, jealousy, rage. And what they found is that when these people felt these mm-hmm. negative emotions, their DNA tightened and contracted and it lowered their I- immune system response. And that sets you up for illness. And when they train participants to feel good emotions like compassion and joy and happiness, the DNA expanded, which heightened the immune system response. And that's what you want to create, you know, a healthy body. So your thoughts and your emotions affect the physical body. There's hundreds of studies out there, Richard, that show the mind-body connection. And I'd like to add to that because along with the HeartMath Institute, which they conducted, they actually showed what happens just with five minutes of anger. Right, right. It lowers the DHEA, which is our hormone for act- that we produce to feel alive, to feel healthy, and actually it's our rejuvenation hormone. It actually decreases, and our cortisol levels go up. But what they also found was that just five minutes, it took the body six hours to come back to normal. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yes, but, indeed. But th- that, again, that's only one part of the equation. I oh, mean, absolutely. Your, you, but- your immune uh, system could be good, but again, if you're if you have a very acidic uh, system, your cellular chemistry, I guess, is very acidic. Uh, your diet's wrong. Uh, you're not getting exercise. You're not breathing properly. Uh, it's not maybe going to make that big a difference, right? It all accumulates, and every part really does have an impact. And you know, and I, I'm just coming back to a, a little bit back to what I said earlier about the energy field, because we have a way to actually see what's going on in the energy field. Your aura. Your yes, 
I would say that's probably our street language. We would call it our aura. I'm very street. Yeah, you'll so know, we'll you'll learn that. that about me. I'm very street. <laughs> that's wonderful. So, <laughs> but in terms of the, you know, the, the scientific model, of course, they refer to it as the energy field. But yes, the aura, uh, what, with what we can see, and it really does impact. It's amazing because I have done a tremendous amount of before and afters with people, uh, be it with cell phones, thoughts, emotions, and just what happens in their aura is amazing. And they can come in with big holes, gaps. We do the opposite, of course, in having them feel positive, think differently. And guess what? We see the contraction. I, of course, use a lot of other different modalities with it. But we see the change immediately. Again, the opposite can happen if they're thinking or feeling a negative thought or way. It will also open in the field, meaning that they are basically creating a negative pattern in their energy body. Now, orthodox medicine, orthodox science, here in the West at least, does not recognize these subtle energies, correct? Not to the extent that they, I would say that they need to. What I found fascinating, Richard, in being in Russia is that this, for example, this technology which comes out of Russia was developed over 20 years ago and back in the year of 2000, the Ministry of Health in Russia actually passed this device as a diagnostic tool to be used in their hospitals. Yeah, it's unfortunate, Richard, that students today are given a textbook in, in school and they're learned and, and, you know, you learn about your circulatory system, your endocrine system, your digestive system. And the system that's actually missing is your energy system. And when, after I released the wellness story, I launched a petition to get signatures for people to sign so we can start to create a legislation whereby we can actually finally bring the energy system into the high schools so kids can actually learn about that part of their body. Is this related to Karelian photography? Correct. I saw uh, on uh, Anderson Cooper, uh, Anderson Cooper uh, 360, and there was a uh, a woman there that wanted to, to photograph or video Anderson Cooper's aura or his subtle energy. And of course, as you can expect, being someone firmly ensconced in the um, mainstream media, he was kind of guffawing at it and and uh, sort of looking askew as as this was taking place. Um, but explain what is going on when we're photographing someone's subtle energy. What are we looking at? What does it all mean? I think, Sabina, in, in the wellness story, we yes, showed two photos of what are called her biograms, and mm-hmm. one was a woman, I think a pregnant pregnancy woman, or a miscarriage. Miscarriage. And you can see it. I don't know if you want to explain that. And the other one was a discarnate entity. Mm-hmm. So there was two. That's true. That's true. And there's so many, so many more cases. You know, I just wanted to make a comment before I do go into those cases that this particular technology that we're talking about is actually a bioelectrography unit or technology device. And it is actually based on what's called the gas discharge visualization technique. I know it's a mouthful. Being that it's coming from scientific, a scientific field, but developed by a physicist, Dr. Konstantin Karatkov, who spent years with his team to identify by measuring what comes off of the fingertips in terms of photons and electrons and being able to capture it with a camera. And it's it's quite an intricate interplay, but it's so fascinating in what they have been able to capture and then being able to correlate it to the organ systems of the body based on the Oriental Chinese acupuncture system. And this was uh, initiated by Dr. Reinhard Volk, 
who started his initiation of measuring fields a different way, different uh, system uh, in Germany. And then, of course, Dr. Peter Mandel, who furthered that work. Dr. Konstantin Korotkov came into this and developed the technology even further and actually corrected some of the information and actually proved that what the Chinese meridians are all about was absolutely accurate. And that's what, to me, is so fascinating, to the point that the, this technology was used by the Olympic athletes in Russia, the Sokai Games, which most of us are familiar with. They used this device with training and in their training programs for their athletes. So how, how does a bioelectrography uh, work as a, di- a diagnostic tool? Uh, give me an example. Right. Well, we, we, we prefer to say, rather than diagnostic, we like to say it's an, uh, an assessment tool rather than diagnostic. Because what we're seeing are patterns that can lead to something such as it can be an illness, but we're seeing patterns beforehand. And so one of the cases that I certainly had in the wellness story was a case of a woman who uh, had an opening, quite a wide gap opening in her field. And when I investigated further, it was an issue actually of, of, um, there were two cases. One was trauma. She was sexually abused. She thought she had healed it. She thought that she had done a lot of the psychotherapy work behind it and the emotional work behind it, but it was still there in her field. So as I saw that, I again, of course, pointed this out to her and she immediately felt, she could feel it, that no, it was not fully healed. And it was at that point that I was able to assist her by visually seeing it. You know, we have the old ex- expression, uh, picture is worth a thousand words. Right. And so she could see it. And that visual to her own subconscious literally raised up a whole other level of awareness that allowed her to really go into that experience in a different way. And then I used a series of smells, essential oils along with it because it goes direct to the subconscious, again, to the midbrain, that emotional center, and she was literally able to shift it. I took a picture of her afterwards, and it was closed. Well, how do you make the connection between a, a physical, psychological trauma and a, and a gap in, in someone's subtle energy field? Well, it all depends how it shows up in the energy field, number one, because of the subtle bodies. There are basic colors in what we look at, and they literally denote what level of trauma. Basic, basically, is it an emotional, mental, or physical? And usually what we're seeing in terms of patterns is it always starts somewhere in the psyche, meaning it's in some level of their consciousness, or their subconscious. You know, we have an old expression that says, all disease truly originates from consciousness, or not being aware of it, but it is literally hidden often to people, or they purposely will suppress it. So if that is not, uh, if, if a psychological, emotional, physical, well, let's leave the physical out for a moment. Let's just talk about the mind and emotional and psychological trauma. If, if that is not resolved, if someone's carrying that around with them, and I'm British, so I like to like suppress my feelings, like until they 
you know, they're like a hard diamond. <laughs> That's just the way I do it. That's the way I roll, Dr. Right. DeVita. Yes. So <laughs> uh, does that mean that if I continue to do that, that could manifest itself uh, down the road as some, I don't know, a malignancy or? It could. It, it certainly will show up in at some level, and we would see it. You know, it would show up in this particular pattern of an energy disturbance. Because it is there. It's not something that can be what you think is hidden. Right. Is, you know, that's only that 5 to 10%. But the rest of you, you see, the subconscious mind is 95% really of you. It's your physical body as well. Your nerves, your organs, your system, your glandular system. Everything that happens is literally scripted into all of your being. In the DNA itself. So when we're talking about any of this type of energy disturbance, we're really seeing the map. And that's what I refer to as these patterns, these energy disturbances and patterns. The beauty is, is that we now have a device, a technology that allows us to truly see what's happening. And from that, we can then begin to accelerate the awareness for the individual and also the healing process. What's in, what's? Sorry, go ahead. So I just want to add to that because I mean it's fabulous everything that you're saying, and it takes a lot of energy from the individual to maintain that suppression of that emotion, <clears throat> whereby that energy could be going towards actualizing that person's potential. Excellent point. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll take a time out when we come back. You, you touched on essential oils, and I'm smelling a lot of essential oils in this room, so I want to find out what those are all about. I, I kid you not, uh, two weeks ago, the mighty Aphrodite had me running all over town to find patchouli, but not just any patchouli. Uh, if it doesn't have the right, there's a particular kind of patchouli that she needs and, and we can't find. So anyway, we'll talk about essential oils and also this electronic smog. Uh, that we're living in with Wi-Fi and cell phones and microwave ovens. We'll find out what uh, impact that's having on our health as well. Dr. Sabina DeVita and Lana, Dr. Lana Marconi right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. And we are back with Dr. Lana Marconi, and the film is The Wellness Story. Again, how can we see that? DrLana.com, that's D-R-L-A-N-A.com. All right, and Dr. Sabina DeVita is uh, with us. Uh, I want to talk about essential oils. You mentioned that uh, you can use essential oils, and they go uh, immediately to the midbrain, uh, and they can have some sort of a healing effect. Uh, I know nothing about essential oils, except that uh, the mighty Aphrodite has... Um, is very keen on finding patchouli. So uh, how do these work exactly? Uh, who can, who well, can... let me just start off by saying that um, I, I need to, before my sister, because my sister's going to be listening to this radio show, so I need to thank New World Botanicals that sponsored, um, who was the major sponsor for the wellness story, and New World Botanicals is my sister's company in Mississauga, and they do create um, essential oils. These are different essential oils than Dr. Sabina DeVita uses, and so I'm going to hand it off to her to explain um, the scientific background to essential oils. Absolutely. Well, it, it, in a couple of minutes, of course, that's a big job, but... Basically, um, I 
you know, started to use essential oils, I would say back about 18, 19 years ago because I was looking for something that would assist me in the work that I was doing with past regression. And it's a very interesting tool that I was using at the time in terms of colors and sounds in order to assist a person in that process. And smell was a big part of it. I didn't realize to what extent, but what I learned was that our emotional center, which we, as I mentioned earlier, the midbrain, literally is the sort of our housing, it's our, it's our center for incoming data, but it also holds our emotions. Basically, it is our center for that. And smell is direct. It goes to that part of the brain in mid-seconds. That's true. I, there's no sense, I, I, I believe, that is, is as evocative as a sense of smell. A quick example. Uh, when I hear, or when I smell, I don't know if you, if I'm, if I, when I describe it, you'll know what I mean, but that musty apple smell, mm-hmm. uh, it takes me immediately back to my grandparents because they stored bushels of apples in the garage. So when I smell that musty apple smell, it, I'm right there. Uh, it's amazing. You're right. Yes, it is. And, and that's what I discovered, again, going back 18, 19 years ago. But remember I said about allergies. I was so concerned that I didn't like I didn't like any of the aromatherapy products out on the market at that time because many of them do have solvents. Uh, many of them are uh, either grown on perhaps pesticided land as well, but it's also the way that they've been distilled with, with you know, other kinds of chemicals. But so I was really leery about using something in my practice for that, you know, with the oils, uh, knowing that they could be contaminated. I finally did find an, uh, a company at that time. It was Young Living. And they pointed out that they are organic farms, eco-sustainable farms. We grow our own, absolutely pure. And guess what? We can actually even ingest them. They're dietary supplements at the same time. So sublingually? Yes, absolutely. So that intrigued me. And I felt that this was something I definitely needed to investigate, which I did, of course, and have been involved ever since. And what we've now evolved to is, of course, this, this this whole gamut of ways to use the oils, which I have been doing, and also the many different ways we can use the oils in our healing process. So give me an example. I mentioned patchouli. I have no idea what it, where it comes from. Uh, I, I think this particular patchouli that I bought for her many years ago was Egyptian, and now she can't find it, the the same patchouli with the exact same smell. Patchouli but, was very was very. Um, well known back in the 60s because it was all about you know make love not war and I know patchouli because we have it in our aphrodisiac blend ah, that's why she's after it ah, and, me. and patchouli is like a small like shrub really yes it is but that's why it, it's you know it's about it has the story around it has to do with love making well, and it also has some other practical purposes, too, because I use it as my underarm deodorant. So, <laughs> so that would be really interesting now. <laughs> Making love with the world, though. <laughs> okay, so give me another example, though. Uh, uh, an essential oil. And I, uh, we were in, in, a, in a health food store today, and we were looking at these essential oil diffusers. And, uh, again, we were looking for patchouli. But give me an example of a specific essential oil and, and, and how it can remedy uh, or assist in healing of a particular ailment? Well, you know, I'm thinking that right now of, say, frankincense. We have two types of frankincense, frankincense and sacred frankincense, which comes from Oman, and we're the only company that actually does export that from Oman to the Western world. And that has so many different 
applications in terms of its healing purposes. It's known biblically to literally cure, it's so-called cure, but aid any anything from a uh, broken head to uh sore foot you know it's like it, it just has that span today's there's there's tremendous amount of research just in the area of frankincense and cancer and tumors i i recently read an article about that yeah tell me more frankincense well, and cancer absolutely now i have been privy to be involved with a researcher uh, uh dr lynn hk lynn uh who has been a university professor in um I believe it was in Arizona, and he has been researching the area of within essential oils, particularly frankincense and its role in cancer. Um, fortunately, we do have another professor. I'm kind of letting the secret out of the bag, uh, but she has been, she's in Canada. She's actually in Quebec, and she has been also working right now in the area of cancer, uh, doing some research with our Young Living Oils. And again, this would be taken sublingually or uh, um, through the um, just by by smelling it or? well that's the, that's the whole uh, point about what kind of oils are you getting because in this case what we're talking about in the work that dr. HK Lynn has been doing has been the actual ingestion of the oils meaning taking them in capsules and you know use their dietary supplement so right. at that level for that type of purpose uh, it would be you know taken in a different different way. Isn't that amazing? You can actually take an oil and not a pill. And there's no side effects other than good health. All right. If you keep talking like this, I'll have to hire someone to start my car. All right. We will take a time out and continue our discussion with Dr. Sabina DeVita and Dr. Lana Marconi right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't you dare go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And we are back uh, with Dr. Lana Marconi and Dr. Sabina DeVita uh, talking about alternative health modalities. And the documentary film, again, is The Wellness Story. And you can watch it on Vimeo. Uh, this is also available at drlana.com, D-R-L-A-N-A dot com. I want to talk about uh, electromagnet... Uh, um, well, the electronic smog that we're, we're, we're living in, mm. Wi-Fi and cell phones and microwave ovens. And um, we, had, we were discussing earlier our subtle energies. I'm guessing that uh, these would be affected by uh, electromagnetic... Sabina is the queen when it comes to talking about electromagnetic pollution and what we can do about it. Well, it's so interesting that you're asking that question because about, believe it or not, it was about 20 years that I ago that I was fascinated because I had a number of clients coming in with problems of unexplainable really problems and I and I was so intrigued because I was doing a lot of energy work at the time that I started to investigate uh, their use of cell phones and at that time it wasn't as popular to, uh, popular as it is today and also the use of course they were surrounded by computers and what I discovered was that the electromagnetic p- pollution problem back then was a problem And so I certainly started to devise and work with it, uh, helping them to balance their systems. And then I ended up becoming more involved in some other technologies to help balance and maintain that balance. Well, where I'm going with this, Richard, was the fact that I continued my investigation when I began to use the device, again, coming back to the Curlian bioelectrography, which today we now have a another device that's a sort of I would say it's the other brainchild it's uh, of Dr. Karatkov it's called BioWell 
uh, biowell.com uh, or our, our own, um, I guess, website. But what was fascinating was to actually start taking pictures of people before and after. So I started to experiment with people coming in, and I would have them just uh, turn off their phones, take a picture before, then turn on their phones, have it nearby, then have it on them, then have them speaking with it. And absolutely, it was just it was stunning with what was showing up. Uh, matter of fact, it was shocking because you could actually see holes um, mainly up in the head area. There would be just literally gaps. They would turn the phone. Sometimes the, the person would actually look like they were being electrocuted because they would just be sparks coming out of their head area. Uh, it was just absolutely intriguing. And, of course, many of my clients at that time just realized that, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, affecting and this is impacting me more than I realize. Now, I continue to do my research, and, of course, in the area of electromagnetics and what's happening to the brain in particular is, again, really shocking. Matter of fact, in one of my books called Vibrational Cleaning, I talk about specifically what electromagnetic pollution is doing to the brain, specifically the pineal gland. Now, the pineal gland became a fascination for me because as I was doing this Carlian research over a period of a good 15 to 18 years, and I was doing it in different cultures. I mean, I had traveled with my unit, this little, you know, my, my GDV, what we call GDV, Carlian device, and I was taking pictures and I kept seeing similar patterns to the brain area, particularly the pineal pituitary area. And that concerned me. And when I delved into it further from what is being now addressed in the research, we see a direct correlation between these high electromagnetic disturbances and particularly the pineal gland itself. And the pineal gland is, as you teach me all the time, what does Rene Descartes say? Oh, it is the... Seat of, seat of the, the soul. soul. The third eye. The third eye. So guess what? That blocks your connection, your conscious connection, your conscious growth, your intuition, your spirituality. It keeps you stunted. Yet, more and more people, see, we're, we're talking uh, often on this program about what seems to be this awakening and, and uh, you know, whether it's related to, uh, you know, more UFO sightings because of the, the pineal gland or... Uh, more encounters with the paranormal, it almost sounds sort of counterintuitive. I mean, uh, it I sounds like our, our pineal glands are opening up, uh, but you're saying, no, they're being calcified and, and so forth. Actually, they are. And I, I agree with what you're saying, too. We have both happening. Mm-hmm. I, I propose that we would have, we would be that much further, okay? We would have accelerated our consciousness on this planet if we had everyone on the planet have their pineal glands activated to what they can be, we would be so much further. I know that. Because you, today, in, in terms of the statistics and what's showing up with young people, even as far as a 17-year-old, what they found was that three-quarters, half to three-quarters of their pineal glands have already been calcified. What, aside from the uh, the connection with uh, the soul, what other health 
problems are related to the pineal gland. I mean, well, is, is it responsible for the endocrine system? Yes, or? absolutely. It is actually considered to be the master for the entire immune system. It actually oversees viruses, and that's what I found interesting, too. And so it sends messages to the entire system. But it also is very intricate in our connection, as actually Dr. Lana was saying, in terms of our higher intuitive abilities. Matter of fact, it has been correlated to having superpowers. If we have it completely opened and completely accessible, we would have the ability to do super learning, super abilities, and just superpowers to heal ourselves. And we really have not reached that because we still see, again, statistically, with what Dr. Lana pointed out earlier on the show, was the amount of people that are still very ill and are experiencing the numbers of diseases that we we heard earlier. So the ability to actually heal thyself, wow. Right, right. Well, I I know the European Parliament uh, recently banned Wi-Fi in in the public school system, Uh, but let's face it, the, the horse has bolted the barn. We are living in an electronic age. There's no going back. Uh, I suppose unless we have a major EMP event and we are in the dark uh, for the next 20 years. Uh, I mean, and short of living in a Faraday cage, how can we possibly avoid exposure to EMF? Well, I have some answers for that because one of my studies is I, I've been an avid, uh, not just, you know, in terms of researching, but certainly continued my path in my own learning journey. And one of the areas that I have delved into is in the area of biogeometry with Dr. Ibrahim Karim. And Dr. Karim particularly has developed a technology of understanding uh, space, the science actually referred to as the physics of quality, and understanding angles, geometry, and using these to help offset the negative or incoherent patterns that we are bombarded with from electromagnetic pollutants. And so you probably see I'm wearing this necklace. Well, this necklace is not just a necklace. It's actually a biogeometry uh, I guess, device, really, uh, that Dr. Karim has developed to help offset elect- electromagnetic pollutants. So I can be in, in, an, um, in an environment, basically, but I'm also helping to balance my own body system and particularly my own meridian and energy system at the same time so that I can cope within this world of electromagnetic smog. Uh, I'll throw it over to you now, Dr. Marconi. Uh, from the film or from your own uh, practice, give people uh, sort of a, a top four, maybe, approaches to getting healthier in terms of, of, of diet, um, just overall physical well-being, physical, spiritual well-being. Well, <clears throat> I'm a strong advocate of no drugs, whether that's prescription drugs or recreational drugs. So that would be number one. Number two, um, I'm vegetarian myself, and that's worked for me. Um, but again, everybody's biochemi- biochemically different. So you need to do research to see what works for, for your body. There's various types of uh, diets out there. Paleo, The paleo diet is, is another diet that's talked about in the wellness story. Is that the caveman diet? That's the caveman diet. Well, that's, that's meat, though. That's protein. That, that, but they talk about using organic meat. Right, right. <laughs> right. But then, you know, you have another doctor talking about the China study where meat causes cancer. So it's, it's balance, moderation in terms of what you're eating. Um, 
emotionally, you need to clean up your emotions. You need to start feeling good. Life is about feeling good. So every time you feel off, there's your cue that your emotions are your feedback system to wake up. There's something misaligned in you. You need to start thinking properly because improper thoughts create negative emotions, which create metabolic waste acid, which creates acidification on the body, which is the breeding ground for disease. Hang on. Just repeat that. That's interesting. Uh, so bad thoughts create metabolic waste acid. Bad thoughts create negative emotions. The negative emotions create metabolic waste acid. Acidification of the body is the breeding ground for disease. Because cancer, remember, cannot occur in an oxygen um, environment, oxygen-deprived environment. Right, and an alkaline. In an alkaline environment, yeah. Right. Metabolic waste acid. I mean, can we measure that? What does it look like? What? <laughs> Cortisol stress. That's right. Cortisol That's stress. right. That is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, it's just a fancy levels. doctor word. That's all it is. But it's like cortisol. It's stress in the body, right? It's right. The, it's the hormones. So you need to... You need to master that. That's why I like Dr. Arnott Painvin, who's a medical doctor, the Zen Buddhist master. You know, he, he harps a lot about mindfulness meditation, and you can see why. Because you need to get in check your thoughts and your emotions because they have a huge implication on the body, like we talked about with heart math, the research coming out there. And then spiritually, you know, you need to do everything that you can to connect with um, your own inner self and, and grow in that way. Like the documentary talks about career health. It talks about money. I got Dr. John Martini talking about wealth management and money. I have Sh- Shannon LaRue, who's like a huge athlete in Canada, and she talks about, you know, f- fulfilling your purpose in life in terms of your vocation and your career. So there's so many different aspects, Richard, from nutrition, exercise. And when I talk about exercise in the film, I mean, it's not just go to the gym and pump iron. I mean, I have Qigong masters in the movie. You know, so it's really an integration of East and West, and it's a, it's a full range of what it means to be wealthy. So I say sit back, relax, digest it with your family, and learn these skills because you're going to be your only true advocate of health for you and your family. Like, think about it. You're the only one who's really going to care about yourself, and you need to take responsibility for your health so we can clean up these just unfortunate disease statistics that are rising. Go ahead. You know, and I'd like to add something to that, too, because... I, I advocate exactly what you've just said, Dr. Lana, and that was just so well said. And, and I'd like to add one key big area, and that is our environment, and particularly our indoor environment, our homes. And, and Richard, the reason that I'm going down this path is that I discovered that as I sat there with my clients one-on-one, I had to repeat myself. What do you use for a laundry detergent? What do you use to wash your hair with? What do you wa- wash your floors with, etc.? And, you know, it would be the Javix or the Tide or whatever. And many of these types of soaps and shampoos, etc., are toxic. House They're, cleaning is dangerous. Absolutely. I've maintained that for years, but it no is. one would believe me, but I didn't have the science. Yeah, I Absolutely. Just, it is. You know, and the Environmental Protection Agency has, have been pointing this out. It's six to ten times more toxic in the home than outdoors. Right. Right? And 90% of chronic illnesses are caused by the environment. Sure, we're using a lot of solvents and, and uh, cleansers. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, statistically, they actually did a comparison of women who actually stayed in the home to women who are basically the career women who left the home. There is actually 54% higher incidence of cancer amongst women who are in the home or stay or remain in the home. 
Wow, that's fascinating. It's been a fascinating discussion. Leave us with a website, Dr. Sabina, or Sabina DeVita. Correct. Uh, probably vibrationalcleaning.com, which is my book site, and that would take people to, obviously, my other sites as well. Uh, be well, be-wellnow.net is the website for the technology that I talked about. All right. And uh, Dr. Lana Marconi, give us a website. drlana.com. And Eye on Life, where can they watch that? DRLA, my, my website, drlana.com. And then right. it links them to, to everything else. Excellent. It's all yeah. there. Thank you so much for this. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Richard. All right. My thanks to Ian Robertson, Albert Vinzel, Jonathan Franz, and all of you for listening. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.